This is Discipleship Dissected on Coach and Joe. Hey everybody, Chad Norris here, lead pastor of Bridgeway Church, director of Ascent University. I'm here with my friend Jeremiah Johnson, and we wanted to do a recording today to talk about some of the things that we see the Father doing right now uh, in culture. It's been quite a year for you. Uh, Getting to know you and your story, you never really saw uh, it coming years back when God starts talking to you about world affairs, figures, and you just, you're a young guy back in the day and you start having some unusual dreams, downloads. God does what he wants, when he wants, and with who he wants. And so your ministry took off. You planted a church in Lakeland and then it, then it took off all over the place and you started traveling. I basically just told your 10 year story in 30 seconds. Did you ever see any of that coming? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I, I know for me, the way that, uh, God, I'm just a, a stewardship guy. I just take one day at a time, faithfulness to the Lord and just stewarding everything from finances to time, family, marriage. And yeah, I just sort of found myself as a, a worker in God's field. Uh, I, you know, float in the prophetic from an early age in my dad's church, but kind of that metron. That sphere of influence was not necessarily something that I was looking for. I kind of felt like it was a, a divine thing. Uh, you know, I, I realized, you know, interacting with different ministers. I, you know, we've we've never, uh, you know, you know, sent and you know, come have me preach. It was just like the doors just blew open. So. I think it's just been a journey of just stewarding, um, you know, the different opportunities and appointments that the Lord has given. And there's definitely been mistakes along the way, uh, things that I wish I could have uh, done better. I found encouragement from fathers in my life uh, who have um, let me know that in their younger years, they made some of those same mistakes as well. And so that's brought some comfort uh, in this season. But yeah, just stewardship. It's what I'd tell anybody watching. You know, I think there's danger in kind of hungering and desiring those big stages, interviews, platforms. Because uh, if your character and, uh, you know, your personal life isn't right with the Lord, sometimes those major opportunities uh, are actually like setups uh, for some major failure. So this time last year, the father showed me that you and I would connect. And so I started just investigating how he had been using you and what he was doing through you over the years. You had some startling, accurate words, dreams. I mean, going back, when was the first time, because there's a difference in prophecy and prophet. Mm-hmm. First Corinthians 14, 1, we all should pursue love and desire the gifts, especially we prophesy. That's not the same thing as being called by God to be a prophet. When is the first time you had a goodness gracious moment of like the Father showing you something either for... Um, uh, a state, a region, a country, a leader. Do you remember the first time you said? Mm. Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I vividly, as you're talking, remember in 2012, I had had a dream about Syria and how uh, the leader of the nation was using chemical warfare on the people. And um, I had written about that online, and it wasn't a month later when that whole thing was uncovered in the Middle East. And so that that probably surprised me just as much as anybody else. And then kind of those words on that kind of, um, you know, 
national level began to come about presidents and nations. And I would travel into regions and have dreams and visions, things like that for leaders and people. But I would say probably around 2012, there was a, a real increase of words uh, for nations and leaders that because they were recorded, were coming to pass, there was a pretty high accuracy level there. Did it take you a while to get used to that? Or was it effortless? Was it? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I could kind of, uh, you know, could kind of know, you know, I guess in, in, in some regards as I process with the Lord. Again, I've been dreaming since I was seven years old. So, I mean, God would talk to me about people and things like that. But in 2012 was really on a much larger scale. So, um, you know, I, I didn't know what to do with the attention uh, I remember in 2015 when I had my initial encounter with Donald Trump, and um, I remember getting a call from Hannity and Combs, Fox News, wanted to fly me into New York and uh, do a live show, and I was just like, wow, you know, like just, this is bizarre. Um, so some of the invitations or interest over the years, uh, e- even today, have kind of real shock- shocked me. Well, you've been through a lot of transition, you and Morgan, in the past year. Obviously, I don't remember a more volatile situation in the charismatic stream. In my lifetime, only maybe back to the days of Azusa, I could be leaving some things out. But when, when you look at difference of opinions in the spirit field stream, one in which I'm deeply passionate about, I'm writing a book with Destiny right now. You just wrote a book with Destiny. I'm a lead pastor for church. I, I shepherd people. I care about this stream. I am a charismatic. But if you look at the charismatic church right now, it is as divided as I've ever seen it, specifically in the prophetic stream. And as God's will would have it, you found yourself in the middle of all of it, which I'm sure, who I can't imagine what it's been like for you to process it on many different levels. On the redeeming side of it, I have seen, I can see it all over you. You love God more than you've ever loved Him. Uh, you've been humbled by the Father. You're being loved on by the Father. You're being rallied around by people who believe in what you're going for. You're being opposed by many who you will spend forever in heaven with. I feel like I'm in like Acts 16. Like I feel like I'm in some Bible story of like, this must what a what it was like for some of those guys leading. You transition your ministry. You shut down what was. You've been very vulnerable, open, big time online with the process you walked through with the prophecies concerning the presidency. And now you have a ministry called the Altar Global. Talk a little bit about, I know you could talk about it forever, but what has the Father done in this transition? You don't live in Florida anymore. Mm-hmm. You're in Charlotte. It's like God put you in a popcorn bag and just hit high on the microwave and just shaking you up. I can't imagine what this past couple of years has been like for you. Tell us about it. Yeah, you're right. I could talk for an hour about that. I'll try to be brief. Um, you know, I guess... When we surrender our lives to the Lord, um, you know, even being prophetic, you you see in part. You know, you think that you know, and and you don't fully know. Uh, you know, the way that I I explain it, Chad, is I, I feel like I was I was in a room, and that room represents the calling, the prophetic ministry that God uh, has given me, and I, you know, I it, it was just full of you know preaching the gospel and the word of God. And, you know, I pastored people for 12 years and just all that that entails. And it was also, 
you know, heavily involved in, you know, prophetic commentary about politics and world events and all, all those things I just kind of embraced as the prophetic ministry that God has given me. And, you know, when Donald Trump did not win re-election, um, and I can even hear in my mind now people saying, yes, he did, because uh, you can imagine we get thousands of, of pieces of, 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 of mail. Um, but I had a choice, you know, and, and I tell people like everybody has a story. You know, my story was the Lord clearly directed me to repent, to humble myself. It was never about being right, that I, I was right. He really did win, you know, all of those things. I felt like the Lord said for me, humble yourself, repent and come away with me. And so I published a letter to the body of Christ on January 7th that went viral. It was picked up by every secular Christian uh, news uh, you know, in the whole world. And so immediately I found myself um, in, a, in a season I, I guess I wasn't expecting. And what I mean by that is I had felt like the Bible way of doing things is if, if you make an error, you humble yourselves, you, you repent. And, you know, whatever consequences come, you know, you, that, that it is what it is. And what I found was, uh, not anger or outrage or even at times death threats over, uh, refusing to repent and acting like it never happened. All the onslaught was really people were angry that I admitted I was wrong because they didn't think that I was or they didn't really think it was necessary. I learned a lot. Uh, you mentioned the prophetic stream, you know, Jeremiah in his day, uh, he has a phrase where he says, the false prophets prophesy falsely and the people love it so. And I realized that a lot of people in the prophetic movement don't care if a prophet misses it or they just kind of have this, well, you know, maybe they'll hit the mark sometimes, maybe they won't. Um, and again, on the backdrop, I thought people were going to be upset uh, that I missed it. It was like people were more upset uh, that I acknowledged I missed it. So that really threw me for a loop. And I think something I'm still processing. I had one young man living a lifestyle of sin that that contacted me and, and said to me throughout this whole last season, if this is what the body of Christ does to people that repent, I never will. And that probably broke my heart the most is you had a lot of people looking on to a leader trying to own his mistake, being crucified for it. And the message that that sent to a lot of folks who should own their sin is, I know I'm not going to do it. And so um, definitely a learning learning curve for me. And so when I when I felt like the Lord said, I want you to admit it, humble yourself, uh, come away with me. When I got with the Lord, he made it really clear that this was more than just owning it and that I was wrong. He was actually going to use uh, the inaccurate prophecy I, I gave um, as, a, as a gateway uh, to ultimately shut down that that the ministry and to get out of that room that I was in, which was full of the gospel, but it was also prophetic commentary and current events and things. And the Lord said, mm -hmm. I want you in this room and I want you to be solely focused on eternal realities. And so that's really where I find myself today. 
Um, I literally just spend all my time focused on Jesus, uh, the seraphim, uh, the living creatures, the elders. Uh, I've been disoriented to be reoriented. I felt like the Lord is uh, reacquainting me uh, with eternal realities that I thought I knew. Um, and through a lot of tears and, and crying out, uh, I, I feel more joy. Uh, it, it's just strange after all of this kind of insanity going on the last year or two, I feel like grateful. I, I, am, I am grateful. I see it as God's kindness. He used a mistake that I made, an inaccurate prophecy, but a national platform. He used that like a fulcrum to launch me into my destiny now. And I'm, I'm just grateful for it. I, I would almost, I'd do it again. It was extremely painful and, and I went through it. Uh, I really did. Our family went through it, our ministry, yeah. but I, I'd do it again. I, I was in Israel two years ago and I think my favorite place was Gethsemane. <laughs> and I felt, I, I felt years ago, the father just show me, and I'm sure he showed many others. I just felt like the Lord died actually before Calvary. I felt like it was just a complete submission. He didn't want to. If you read, if you just read the scriptures, it's mind-boggling. I don't think it was a touche, let me just fulfill a prophecy given in the Psalms. I think he literally said, Father, I don't want this. I have never met a significant leader in the Father's kingdom in the marketplace of the church that has not been crushed at least a handful of times. I'm not saying they're all the same intensity, but Henry Nowen wrote a book called Wounded Healer. The greatest leaders that I've ever been around, they, they limp. I mean, think about it. God, before he establishes Israel as a wrestling match, he pops a hip. Israel was birthed out of a wrestling match. And I've been through quite a season of accusation, slander, and gossip, and I never thought that I would get to a place where I, I told Wendy, a couple weeks ago. I, I would have bet money I didn't say this. I said I would do it again to get what I have with the Father. He told me one time it's a rite of passageway to deep friendship with Him. Mm. But then it's like, you know, we want to go to the altar and get hit and get touched, get the Word. What if we had a, a conference, maybe it's this one in June coming up, that it's like, who wants to sign up for a crucible? Mm. <laughs> you might have like nine people at the altar and they're like, hey, is this is this legit? Yeah. All right. Tell us about the transition. So now you're leading what's known as the Altar Global. You have a school. You're in Charlotte. What's going on? Yeah, we're uh, we're kind of building everything from the ground up. We we shut down all of our social media accounts. The platform that we had, almost a million people hit delete and just have started over again. And so we've launched this movement called the Altar Global. It's a movement of Christians who share a common urgency a desire for the return of the Lord and the preparation of the bride for that glorious day. And so the Lord moved us up to Charlotte. He said, marry the queen to the king. And so we feel that there's an anointing in the Charlotte region. We're having monthly the last Friday of every month. You know, we've got pastors that drive from Tennessee every month. You know, folks come from all over, but we're really plowing in the Charlotte region, believing that there's destiny there monthly and then every few months, about every quarter, we're hosting national gatherings. We're hosting one here 
at Bridgeway Church June 10th through the 12th. And we're, we're just, we're rallying a generation. Who's coming to that, uh, Jeremiah in June? Yeah, Corey Russell, Alan Hood, uh, Tori Harper, Brian Guerin, uh, Matt Gilman's leading the worship. But we're inviting speakers who have a similar DNA, calling it Mark for Eternity. So we're hosting the monthly in Charlotte every couple months on a national level. And then we're giving birth to something called the Altar School where we're desiring to train end time messengers into every sphere of society. If folks want more information on that, they can go to the altar.school. But we feel like we've been branded with a specific DNA of the return of the Lord and the end time. So um, that'll launch August, 2021. And it's Tuesday, Thursday nights. It's specifically a night school on purpose. So the folks work jobs or whatever, they can come and be a part. Excellent. If you're in this area, maybe in the Charlotte area, you're interested in Jeremiah's school, go to the ultraglobal.com. I'm sure there's a link there to give you information on the school. Skyler, who works for Jeremiah, runs that school. We're getting to know him very, very well. There's a lot of shared DNA between the Ultra Global and what God's doing here at Bridgeway. We'll close with this. The Father's been talking to me for the past couple of years a lot, over and over and over, that the end times are just very, very close. I sound like one of those a.m. 1500 preachers at four in the morning. But just in my own time of pursuing him, he talks to me about the return of his son a lot. And uh, when I first met Jeremiah, the first thing your father said is he's an end time prophet, Chad. I believe that consecration will, will mark what is needed. I believe there's a purification going on in the father's church. Uh, Jeremiah just wrote a new book. Tell us a little bit about the new book you just released with Destiny. Yeah, I just released a book called Houses of Glory, Prophetic Strategies for a New Era. The way that God showed it to me is that COVID-19, when it, when it began to manifest in about February, March of 2020, what marked a new era in the body of Christ where God was beginning to deal with with certain things in his church, a celebrity spirit, an overemphasis on the platform. And so I, I wrote the book as a blueprint, a manual, prophetic strategies for folks who, they're, they're just looking at the landscape of the American church saying there's gotta be more. You know, we were literally shut down overnight during COVID-19, and I believe it was for a purpose and a reason. So for those who have eyes to see, ears to hear, uh, I'd encourage you to, to grab the book. I'm writing a book with Destiny. It's coming out in December called God is Shaking His Temple, The Fear of the Lord Returning to the Church. I really believe that lead pastors are going to begin in the next 10 years or so to shut the doors of churches and reopen them as houses of prayer. I believe that you will see house churches that are submitted to an outpost church begin to see glory reside in their homes. I believe fathers and mothers are literally going to start making disciples the game's changing. I believe with my whole heart we are in the, the beginning stages of a literal reformation. Uh, when, the, when the reformers, when the fathers were here in the 1500s, they didn't even know that it was actually a reformation. They probably didn't even know in their lifetimes. But we know, as church history says, that when Luther went to that door in Wittenberg, Germany, and nailed the theses, everything changed. I believe this is the last end-time move of God before his son returns. And I believe what this move looks like is Genesis 1 and 2. He's a father. He wants his family back. He wants fathers and mothers multiplying themselves, and he is done with the celebrity spirit. If you've been around Bridgeway for the last seven years, I've been preaching against the celebrity spirit for seven years. Perhaps you need to open up a home in your room, become a priest unto the Lord, just minister unto him. Uh, recently, I, I got a testimony back from some businessmen that I'm mentoring up in Chicago, and they've started ministering to the Lord, and the Lord is just exploding in their business. 
Maybe God's real. Maybe you just need to minister to Him. Thank you for being here today. You'll be around here a lot. I will be here in June. Uh, some new friends I'm meeting. You got voices popping up all over the place that are saying the same thing. Get ready. The Lord's coming back. It's real. Jeremiah is a man of God. I know Jeremiah off stage. I know his dad. I'm getting to know his family. Uh, we're going to have a gathering here that are people that really want Jesus Christ. There, there is no other agenda for this gathering in June. Come be a part of it. Bridgeway family, jump on there. Some of y'all that fly in for the table gathering each year, come to this thing too. Come be a part of it. Go to thealtraglobal.com. $99 a person. Let's get behind what God's doing with Jeremiah's ministry, and I'll see you in June at that event. Thanks for joining us on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast. Don't miss the Coach and Joe talk show on YouTube and coachandjoe.com for epic merch, blogs, and ways to help keep us up and running. We'll see you next time on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast.